We are in week four of our How Should We Pray series. And today uh, we're going to discuss the line, give us this day our daily bread. And the main truth of this passage is it should be pretty clear from what I said to the kids that God is the source of all of our needs. And we should trust in God to provide for us. That seems pretty, pretty simple about that prayer. Give us, us, give us this day our daily bread. God is the source. We should trust in God to provide. We are called to pray for our daily needs, for our daily bread specifically, recognizing that this is a basic human need and that we are dependent on God for its provision. Now, if that statement is true, then it should impact our lives by reminding us of our dependence on God. Everything about this prayer should remind us of our dependence on God, but this specific line should remind us of our dependence on God and our need to trust in God for all of our daily needs, not just bread, even though that's what it says here, but this line is a metaphor for all of our daily needs. We should pray for our physical needs, such as food and shelter and clothing, but as I mentioned to them, but also for our emotional, spiritual, and relational needs as well, knowing that God is able to provide for us in all of the areas of our lives. Jesus points to this. Shortly after the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus explains God's willingness and desire to provide for God's creation. I'm going to actually read the whole passage that I indicated to them. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34 say this Jesus says therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds in the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Pause right there. I'm going to read the rest, but I love that line. Can any of you add an hour to your life by worrying? No, I would say that science has shown that the more you worry, the more you take off of your life. So I wish, I wish he would have actually said this, the, the reverse part of that. Like, no, you can't. Not only can you not add to your life by worrying, but you're literally killing yourselves <laughs> by worrying. He goes on to say, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I love that line too. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
everything we need and everything we have is available to us because of the world around us and of the creatures in it. God has provided already for us in this world and in the creatures that have been placed in this world. But some of us might see the idea of praying for daily bread as too basic, too mundane. We might feel, or we might feel, I should say, and we might feel that our needs are more complex than that. Like, yeah, we can say this, but we are so far beyond basic daily needs. And so that this prayer holds little significance for us because we're worried about the more complex things in our lives. Is that you? It's me sometimes. Sometimes I find myself saying my problems are so much bigger than that. As if my problems could ever be too big for God. Oh, the arrogance, y'all, when we think our problems are too much for God to handle. The prayer for daily bread is not meant to be a superficial request, one that is beneath us. Rather, it is a way of acknowledging our fundamental dependence on God and our need for God's provision. It is a constant reminder every day that we pray this of our fundamental dependence on God for everything. This prayer teaches us to trust in God's goodness and care and to seek God's help in all the areas of our lives, no matter how seemingly small or insignificant or how big or complex. Philippians 4.19 tells us, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. And why would God do this? Do you ever stop and wonder why God does this? And the easy, pithy answer is that God loves us, so of course God's gonna. But why does God do this? Why should we trust that God desires to meet our needs. 1 Peter 5, 7 gives us a reason. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Why would God do this? Because God cares. Yes, the pithy answer is God loves, but more specifically, God cares. God cares for us. God cares for you. And just as a dependent does with any caregiver, when we fully believe in that care, when we fully believe that God cares for us, it leads us to trust that God has our well-being in mind. Think about it. If you've ever been dependent on the care of another, when you truly believe that that person cares, you trust that they have your well-being in mind. The same is true with God. And we can depend on that trust. Now, another problem related to this idea of praying for our daily bread is that some of us might feel that we are not deserving of God's provision or that we have failed to earn it through our own efforts. We don't deserve it because we haven't earned it. Or I'm going to give the, the more nefarious flip version of how a lot of us see this. we might feel like others are not deserving of God's provision because they have failed to earn it. In our consumer-driven, money-making culture, 
Our views on possessions are often founded on the very unbiblical idea of you get what you earn. I'll let that one sit for just a second. That idea of you get what you earn is absolutely antithetical to the Bible. The whole of Scripture testifies that God's provision is not based on our deserving it or earning it, but rather as a result of God's grace and mercy. We should approach God with humility, knowing that we are all in need of God's help in everything and that we truly have nothing to offer God in return. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 lays it out for us when it says probably one of the most popular verses, especially in evangelical Christianity. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The gift of salvation should be the catalyst for every Christian to realize that we are called to be gift givers because we have been given the greatest gift imaginable. That gift of salvation, of being saved by grace through faith, should propel us to be gift givers. But too often, my fellow Christians, that salvation that we have obtained for ourselves we end up hoarding it like one of those reality shows. In the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he addressed various issues in the church, including division and immorality. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul says this. Mm, man. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Y'all think you've had some tough pastors? Y'all never had a Paul. In fact, I wonder sometimes if Paul would have said some of the things he did say in person rather than in a letter. <laughs> because Paul did not hold any punches with his communities. He didn't care about your feelings. He cared about whether you were being more Christ-like. And if that hurt your feelings sometimes, oh well. But I love it. In this context, Paul was reminding the Corinthians that everything they have, including their spiritual gifts, comes from God. And therefore, they should not be boasting or dividing themselves based on these gifts that they have been given. Not earned. Given. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are trusting God to provide. Absolutely. And God will provide. Sometimes God will provide when we work for it. And sometimes God will provide through the hands of another, through their own efforts. Sometimes we will be the givers. Sometimes we will be on the receiving end. But know this, God's provision is not based on our deserving it or earning it. I think that is the thing that I want to get through to y'all. Because I know many of us sitting in here are products of our culture. You get what you earn. You get what you earn. But that is not God's provision. 
That may be us being gatekeepers of provision, but that's not God's provision. Can I say that one again? That may be us being gatekeepers of provision, but that is not God's provision. God's provision is not based on our deserving it or earning it, but rather it is a result of God's grace and mercy. Now I get it. So often we accumulate things out of fear of not having enough. But you realize that our capitalistic society is literally built on the idea of not having enough. There would be no capitalism without also the marketing that you are not enough. You don't have enough. It wouldn't exist. It would not exist. We have been trained from day one to think we don't have enough, that there isn't enough to go around. But I promise you, there is more than enough to go around in this world. There is more than enough to go around in this world. If everyone worried about meeting the needs of everyone else, we would all have our needs met. Let me say that one again. If we all worried about meeting the needs of everyone else, we would all have our needs met because we'd all be worrying about the needs of others rather than our own. If everyone lived out the grace and mercy we've been given from God by being agents of God's provision in the world rather than accumulators of it, Wow, y'all, what an amazing world this would be. What an amazing world this would be if we were agents of God's provision rather than hoarders of it. So take time to pray the Lord's Prayer this week, every day this week, and focus on the meaning of the line, give us this day our daily bread. Reflect on the many ways that God has provided for you in the past, whether through your own efforts or the efforts of others. They are both equally valid. Let me, let me say that one again. They are both equally valid, even though our culture would tell you they are not. Some people are better than others because of the work they put in. That is, whew, old me would have just swore right then because that's how strongly I feel about how antithetical to the gospel that is. That is not a gospel teaching. That is American teaching. Seek to live a simple and contented life. That one's hard. That one's hard. But seek to live a simple and contented life, trusting in God to meet your needs. Your needs. Your needs. Not your wants. Not your desires. You can get those. But God will meet your needs. Our needs are few. Our desires are many. We can trust in God to meet our needs. Again, through our own efforts or the efforts of others. Recognize that true fulfillment does not come from material possessions or success. That one's hard for me, especially. Such as I want to go further into our system. I measure success in all kinds of ways that I shouldn't. I do. So I know I'm preaching to me today as much as I'm preaching to y'all. I haven't gotten this perfect. The difference between me and some of y'all, though, is that, like, I recognize when I'm screwing this up. I'm asking you, recognize when you're screwing it up, too, so you can do better. But in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, Paul says this. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, 
whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. When you are in need, reach out to others for help and support. Knowing God often uses the generosity and kindness of others to provide for our needs. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, sometimes the answer to that is going to be a gift or even you seeking out help. Very rarely, I won't say never because anytime I say never, some weird stuff happens. But I'll say very rarely are you going to pray, give us this day our daily bread and you're going to wake up with milk in your fridge just randomly. I don't think that's how it works. I think just like in all the ways we pray that when we pray for these things, we are the agents that work these out. So when you're in need, ask for help. If you see someone in need, offer that help. Be the daily bread. This kindness and generosity, this grace and mercy is the heart of the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Just that one line flies in the face of a you get what you earn mentality. Because if Paul believed that, that you get what you earn, that line would have probably read more like, carry your own burdens and give thoughts and prayers to those who can't carry theirs right now, that God will help them. But Paul didn't believe, Jesus didn't believe that you get what you earn. They both believed that God provides and that that provision comes through us more often than not. Whether we have earned it or not. So just as we are called to be partners with God in bringing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, let us fulfill the law of Christ by being givers of each other's daily needs. Let us continue to go be Jesus to each other and the world. Amen.